Oh, settle down, Gavin. It'll only take you like an hour. Suck it up, you big baby. Yes. The following podcast contains... Because cursing is becoming more and more common, you will leave with a better knowledge of curse words, and you will be proud that you are well-educated. Explicit language. Johnny Mathis! Oh, hello there, pod friends. You've caught me decorating the studio Christmas tree. Well, I find that highly unlikely. But okay. Maybe. It's the week after Thanksgiving, and as we learned last week, according to capitalism, that means the official Christmas season has begun. And I love Jesus! We here at What the Hell Were You Thinking hope and pray you had a blessed Thanksgiving and are ready to embrace the wholesomeness of this Christmas season. Now, I was diligently at work this week, as I always am, writing and producing a brand new episode of this little love fest when it occurred to me on Wednesday that I was denying myself all the happiness and thankfulness I could be experiencing. So, I decided to give you this bonus episode compiled from some of our previous shows to get you in the holliest, jolliest mood for the best time of the year. So please enjoy, and we'll return next week with a brand new episode. God blesses everyone. He got drunk on Wednesday, called me at 11 p.m., ordered me into the studio on Thanksgiving Day to slap together this dog's breakfast of a show, and threatened to fire me if I didn't have it done by Friday. He did... However, offered to buy me a turkey on a roll with mayonnaise from a nearby deli as Thanksgiving dinner. Then when it came time to pay, he claimed his credit card was stolen and forced me to pay for it myself. God, I hate him. So listen to this drunken idiot ramble about Christmas. I mean, I got into the idea of receiving a ton of shit every year around December 25th particularly after my family joined the Air Force and we had money to buy us toys instead of the lovingly crafted Copra lights we received as Christmas gifts prior to this. And you know, when I think about it now, those fossilized shit statues lovingly carved by my mother were better than toys because they were made from the heart. I'm lying, I'm lying. My parents were always great about giving my sister and I toys. And the only time we actually received shit statues, both of us had been particularly naughty that year. <sighs> For all that some mental vegetable news host on pay cable blathers about an annoying thing that is actually not even real, that's nothing compared to the Christmas Nazi. You know... Those people. I feel like I've got OCD, obsessive Christmas disorder. <laughs> but I know it's just the holiday spirit coursing through my body and into my heart and up into my red and green brain. The ones who start hanging tinsel on October 1st and continually put the Pandora Christmas station on in the office. You know, I'm staunchly anti-death penalty, except for people who play Christmas music at any other time than the window from Thanksgiving to New Year's Eve. Put them in the Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden? Excellent! Execute them! Bogus! The Nazi insist you share their special joy of Christmas 
whether you want to or not. You know the one. The festive sweaters, lots of plates of cookies. Enthusiastic to the point where you have to suspect they're doing toots of coke in the ladies' room. There are an inordinate amount of Christmas decorations in their office cube. Every office has one. Every family has one. And they are here to force you to love Christmas just as much as they do. You have 20 seconds to comply. You literally cannot tell this person. You have no desire to share in the love of the little baby Jesus, Santa Claus, or wear that fucking red hat. Would you get it off me? She will not listen to you. She cannot be reasoned with. She will not stop until you are merry. And when you finally snap, and God help you, you will eventually snap. And the Christmas Nazi assumes the same expression as a puppy you've just accidentally kicked because it doesn't have the common goddamn sense to keep out from under your feet. She'll just stare at you with these wounded eyes, tears rolling down her feet until you relent and put on that stupid fucking Santa hat, and then she's happy again. Al Noga? Nope. Still Johnny Mathis. Oh. Category 2, the three-day hangover songs. These are songs that are not part of the Christian canon, but persist every year, year after spiteful year. They also contain some of the most objectionable material of any songs ever written, and their creators ought to be banished from polite society, perhaps exiled to a stony island in the middle of the ocean like fucking Napoleon after Waterloo. And the most egregious offender is this particular violation of humanity. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus underneath the mistletoe last night. Who the fuck wrote this? We're supposed to believe that Junior witnessed mommy kissing daddy dressed as Santa under the mistletoe, but logic tells us this is utter bullshit. First of all, who dresses as Santa as their own home to bring in the Christmas presents late at night after the kids have gone to bed? No, no one does that. At best, we're talking about some kind of twistedly kinky sex game between Mommy and Daddy, in which Mommy gets the Yule Log from Daddy dressed in a Kris Kringle outfit. But, 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 this song was written in 1952 in England. Married people were not having kinky sex, Santa sex, in 1952 in England. Whoever was in that Santa suit was almost definitely not Daddy, who was probably out getting a little Christmas tail or whatever. This leaves us two options. Either Mommy is boning a dude dressed as Santa, or, or Santa is porking your mom. Think about it, people. What is in all this Christmas shit for Santa? You think he's flying through the flying through the air and going down chimneys for milk and cookies? Fuck no! Santa Claus is Santa Claus is coming on mom. His big bowl full of belly jelly is propped up on your mom's ass as he drills her from behind. Dave, Dave, no! Where do you think eggnog comes from, people? No. 
Dave, because you're disgusting. See, right now, a lot of you are really, really upset with me because I am a horrible person. Johnny Mathis, all right, get my gun. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Yuletide carols being sung by a choir. And folks dressed up. Eskimos, everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe. Can we talk about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? We wish you a turtle Christmas for a second. Hey, kids, what do you think? Do we need more lights? We need more lights. They're coming, they're coming. Hey, kids, how about hoping we sing my favorite Christmas song? First of all, not the animated version of the turtles. It's live actions and the costumes are uh, just about the most horrifying fucking thing I've ever seen. It's literally just a rubber turtle head and shells and the mouths are never properly in sync with their voices and their eyes. Good God, their eyes. Lifeless eyes. Black eyes. Like a doll's eye. The production values on this show that went direct-to-video in 1990-whatever tell me that they must have spent all of about $12 making the special. And Splinter. Do not get me started on Splinter, who is an actual sewer rat, but the costume head they have him wearing appears to be constructed of actual sewer rats scraped from the rails of the New York City subway and glued together on a styrofoam mannequin head. It's one of the most visually disturbing things I've ever seen in a show that is ostensibly for children. If I saw this as a kid, I would wake up screaming for a week. And we haven't even gotten to the plot yet in which the turtles suddenly remember they've not gotten Master Splinter a Christmas gift yet. And now they have to venture onto the streets of New York hours before Christmas in search of the perfect gift. At one point, they ponder getting Splinter golf clubs. I would like to remind you, pod friends, that Splinter was a mutated rat that lived in the sewers of fucking Manhattan. Are we supposed to believe that he occasionally hit the links with the kind of a people that could afford to golf in New York City? Like, was he in a foursome with Donald Trump in 1994? I don't know. Don't worry, though. They didn't get him the golf clubs. They found the perfect gift, a framed plastic pizza. Thanks, I guess. And so after several appallingly bad songs, we learn finally that the true meaning of Christmas isn't gifts. It's about sharing with family. Competing with the turtles for the most watts you could ask what the fuck about was, of course, the mighty morphing Power Rangers Alpha's Magical Christmas. on my Christmas tree before the big day arrives. I feel so happy and excited about Christmas this year. Although, I didn't quite start out that way. In fact, I was really pretty sad this morning. What? 
you might ask, was Alpha sad about on Christmas morning? Well, apparently the Power Rangers were out helping Santa Claus prepare for his trip around the world, which begs the fucking question, what the fuck does Santa need with help from the Power Rangers, like Cobra Command or whatever evil entity they fight? Was, <laughs> I don't know, the Power Rangers was after my time. Were they attacking the North Pole or something? Anyway, Alpha's sad because he, it, they, I'm never quite sure about the personal pronouns of a fictional robot, but I'm quite comfortable with whatever the choice they choose. Anyway, Alpha is so sad that a bunch of kids are randomly teleported in to sing Kiss Christmas Carols with a robot, which I'm forced to ask, do their parents know these kids are just being teleported willy-nilly into the Power Rangers secret lair? Is there some sort of waiver they sign? I mean, we couldn't go see the fucking Nutcracker Ballet when I was in grade school without a permission slip signed in blood, waving the school district of liability if a ballet dancer's codpiece flew off and gave me a concussion. I can only assume some kind of paperwork is involved when you violate the laws of physics with your child. I digress. The uh, Christmas carols feature a lot of religious imagery, which, hey, it's Christmas, but also bring up the question, can a robot, which presumably has no immortal soul, enter the kingdom of heaven, even if they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior? I think someone had just a little too much free time on their hands. Well, if these are the kind of questions I think about when I can't sleep at night, there's no reason you shouldn't think about them, too. When I was 11, maybe 12... There was just one thing that I wanted, I needed for Christmas. Just the one present that I had to find underneath the tree. Just the one object that would make for me a true Christmas miracle. I wanted a gun. Did you say gun? I said gun. I did indeed say gun. I, a child, not even in his teens, wanted the ability to kill at range, an instrument that could end a life with just the tiniest squeeze of the trigger. I wanted a lethal weapon from old St. Nick. That's very American. Specifically, I wanted a Savage Arms Stevens Model 94 single shot shotgun 410 gauge. But, but why? Well, I suppose it was because I'd recently relocated against my will from the mountains of southeast Tennessee and felt as though if I had this one thing, this firearm, I would still be able to connect with my southern country boy heritage. And yeah, I get it. You're listening to this through the lens of 2022 and the idea of getting your child a real working firearm is either ludicrous or if you're on the other side of the political aisle, you think that I was already way too old for a 410 shotgun, and by age 12, any child should have their own AR-15. This is America. But in 1982, the idea that your child, particularly your sad little redneck child, would want a gun made perfect sense. So under the tree that year was a long, slim box containing a Savage Arms Stevens Model 94H single-shot 410 shotgun. It was the best Christmas ever. Or at least it was until next year when I received a Marlin Model 6022 long rifle. Guns. Lots of guns. Now I had these guns all through my childhood. Now I never had any ammunition because my parents were not fucking stupid. They weren't gonna give me bullets. And a gun without a bullet is, it's a club. And we never kept any bullets of any kind in the house. So my guns, the most wanted Christmas present of all time, were basically wall decorations. Hell, I never even fired the shotgun a single time. And as the years went by, both of them, the shotgun and the 22, found their way to my grandmother, who kept them for me for years. And eventually sold them off to someone or another, or somebody just stole them. I have no fucking clue what happened to these. What I'm trying to say here is, when you're a parent... 
and your child really, really wants something, you'll kind of do anything to give it to them, even buying them an instrument of death. On Oops! The Podcast, join me, comedian Julio Gallerati, as I examine everyday life, the mistakes, the bad decisions, the goals, the jokes, the social engagements, and all things in between. I'm joined every week by producer and personal confidant, Ryan Lynch, various other comedians for witty, candid, and intoxicating conversation. Our listeners love Oops! for sophisticated banter, aka your mom could listen, and many feel like they're in the room with us chopping it up with old pals. You can find every episode of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. That is it for this bonus episode. I believe a rat has bitten me on my big toe, and I'm worried gangrene may set in before I can make it back to civilization from this godless place, Howard Beach. My parents were so right. I should have stayed in England and taken a job as a traffic reporter. Please rate and review this show so others can find it and know the hellish existence that is my pain. Also, please donate at patreon.com slash whatthehellpodcast. It's literally the only way I get reliably paid because I diverted the money from Patreon to my bank account because he's too drunk and stupid to know how Patreon works. Do all the things Jeremy told you to do in the closing credits. Jeremy, you promised this was my last year on this show. You promised I would get to produce at least one episode of Get Bad Advice and maybe, maybe get my own show. You promised to get me the hell out of here. Deliver on your promise, Jeremy. Thank you for listening. What the Hell Were You Thinking stars Dave Bledsoe and features Gavin St. James and several fictional minions. The show is produced by Kimberly Steele and a part of the Seltzer Kings Podcast Network. You can find more information on the show on their website, whatthehellpodcast.com, or on Twitter at thehell underscore podcast, or on Facebook as What the Hell Podcast. Thanks for listening. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Mr. Johnny Mathis!